we have Senator Leo Kusakos on the line coming to us from the nation's capital. He, of course, uh, is really one of the guys standing in the way between the government passing, the Trudeau government passing a, uh, an internet censorship bill, a regulatory bill, and uh, freedom of speech in this country. So I would suggest to Senator that you are right now one of the most powerful politicians, uh, even though you are appointed uh, in Canada. Am I wrong? Well, I, you're right about the fact that I've, uh, I, I am appointed, as of course senators are in this country. I don't know about power. I think uh, we're, we're a place for sober second thought when the House of Commons oversteps its, uh, uh, its bounds and when the government gets carried away with itself. Uh, our institutions like the Senate, I think it's moments like this we have to step up and be a voice for Canadians. Yeah, well, the elected Conservative caucus wasn't enough to stop this thing from being passed in the House. So uh, that leaves it up to you, and that uh, that means that you do have power. Your tweet uh, today, uh, Senator, the Trudeau government's attempts to circumvent the democratic process and ramp through flawed censorship bill C-101, C-11, with no discussion or debate, should outrage every Canadian. The Senate must and will conduct a full and transparent study of the bill. As you know, though, the left-wing media will say, well, you guys... You weren't elected to anything? What gives you the right to stop this thing from, from going through? Well, like I said, constitutionally, our role is to, to, to do some oversight, to be a checks and balance. And obviously, we usually acquiesce to, uh, to the will of the elected house. But when the elected house itself uh, starts acting in a draconian fashion, uh, I think that it's the, um, the obligation of all Canadians. doesn't matter if it's appointed senators or ordinary Canadians, we have to step up and stop this. I think this is outrageous. Uh, the Liberal government won a minority government during a minority parliament, and unfortunately, with the support, and they're being propped up by the NDP, who bury their head in, their sand, in the sand, it seems, when it comes to issues of this nature, uh, are allowing the Liberals to, to run roughshod on democracy and freedom. Uh, the Broadcasting Act is something that the Liberals neglected for seven years. All of a sudden, uh, they decided in the last few weeks it's a priority to, to basically dictate to Canadians what they can say and what we can watch on platforms like TikTok and Facebook and Twitter and, and on and on. And this is a very dangerous slope we're on. Um, and it does require study with all the new platforms out there and how broadcasting has changed over the last couple of decades. This requires a, a robust debate, a, fur, a, a thorough review and it's unfortunate that the House of Commons didn't um, uh, grant that thorough re debate and thorough review. Uh, now it's incumbent on the Senate to do so. Uh, we don't want to stand in the way of democracy. We want to basically open the door to democracy and allow all those in favor of the bill and all those against the bill to be heard. And I think that's an obligation of Parliament. And I will make sure, as chair of the Telecommunications Standing Committee in the Senate, that the work of Parliament and that people are heard no matter what. Well, good for you. I mean, uh, obviously the government is using the Broadcasting Act, to your point, as a Trojan horse to ram through Internet censorship. And uh, when I was at the CRTC as, as commissioner for five years, we, we, uh, we heard the clamoring for the regulating of the Internet, but pushed back at the time as as all of the Harper appointees did to the CRDC. But uh, as you know, uh, everything has changed, of course. The appointees have changed. They've become more uh, 
uh, liberal, I guess you could say, more pro-censorship. Uh, and so that's what we're bearing, that's what we're facing now. So you were really the last line of defense. I, I can't help, and I was speaking with George Ann Burke about this, uh, the irony of having an unelected body stand up for freedom. I mean, it's, uh, you know, can't be lost on everybody. But um, 150 amendments to the Online Streaming Act. Can, do, do you have the numbers? Because, of course, uh, Prime Minister Harper, when he was there, uh, left a lot of seats unopened. Uh, unfilled yeah, uh, in is. the Senate. Uh, in, in retrospect, a mistake, I think. But do you have the numbers to stop this thing or to, to drag it out and kill it? Well, we don't have the numbers, unfortunately, at all to stop it. Uh, we do have all the procedural tools required uh, in order to make sure that it's studied thoroughly and that it's not steamrolled through like the Liberals have indicated they want to do. Uh, and that's just simply due to the fact that the the procedures in the Senate give minority voices and minority caucuses a lot of authority. So what we couldn't successfully do on the House side, uh, in large part because of the Liberal NDP coalition, we've we've managed to get the point across to the government that we will filibuster, we will use all the tools in our toolbox to make sure that those that want to be heard uh, before the Senate committee on this bill will. And um, that that Canadians can take to the bank. And like I said, when we have a government that believes in democracy and freedom, only when you're articulating their narrative, that's not democracy. That's not freedom. And a government has to be open to scrutiny and they have to be open to debate in order for a democracy to function. So when it comes to something like free speech, when it comes to broadcasting content, that's really what distinguishes us from countries like North Korea and China and Cuba and Iran. Well, it seems that this prime minister doesn't want to distinguish us from those countries. He wants to emulate those countries. Let me ask you, um, are there Trudeau appointees uh, to the Senate that uh, feel the way you do about free speech and the need to push back against this bill? What's your sense of whether or not those appointees might side with uh, with conservatives like yourself? There are a couple. I have to say they, there aren't many, but so far on our committee you have people like Senator Jim Quinn from New Brunswick, who is a Trudeau appointee, uh, Senator David Richards, who is also a Trudeau appointee, a handful of, of Trudeau appointed senators over the last seven years that find this uh, behavior egregious and also have voiced their desire to make sure there's a robust debate and review. Uh, and I hope there's others that will step up in the course of the next few months to uh, to give uh, to give this bill the thorough review it deserves and start listening to Canadians. Like I said, I think there's nothing more important than Canadians having the ability to post things, to talk about things, to criticize their governments, to compliment their governments freely without any fear of some kind of a, a powerful force like the CRTC or other agencies determining what's acceptable or what's not acceptable or what's Canadian enough and not Canadian enough. Yeah, there's lots of parts of the bill that uh, provide for punitive actions, um, penalties and that sort of thing. What do you think is the most insidious part of this bill? What's the part that really uh, gets under your skin the most? I think fundamentally that we've seen in this country a, a propensity on the part of liberal governments to want to pick winners and losers and want to decide what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And I think the modern-day communication platforms have broadened the scope of what is culture and what is 
what is acceptable. Uh, you know, something like YouTube has proven to be far more powerful than any one of the government-subsidized agencies through the years that have um, promoted culture in this country, right? Uh, you know, I believe in, in allowing Canadians and un- unleashing the Canadian um, talent that, that this country has to express themselves to the world and not to live in an isolated cocoon. There's, If you look at our Broadcasting Act, it was designed 50 years ago for a different era, and it might have served that purpose at that time. But as you know very well, because you've served on the CRTC, uh, a lot of those methodologies and approaches of 40, 50 years ago don't apply in this new world that we live in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is... Uh yeah, it's it's a very um, cumbersome, uh, you know, regime to impose on the internet. <laughs> take the take the broadcast and and, uh, and Conrad von Finkenstein made that point when he uh, when he was asked about it as well. It just, it doesn't work, um, but anyway, it is what it is. Uh, so you've obviously looked at the time horizons. Um, can you talk a little bit about procedurally whether you can rag the puck, as it were, uh, into the summer? Um, I mean, in the past, the bill, I mean, a C-10, that's what happened to C-10, right? It was uh, essentially killed um, in the Senate. Is it possible that you can maneuver the same type of thing with C-11? Well, given the fact that the NDP is propping up this liberal government and we know they're going to be around at least for a couple of years before uh, Canadians put them out of their misery. So I, I think right now, to be frank, uh, just ragging the buck through the summer is not going to be enough, I think. But I can assure you this bill will not pass uh, before we rise. Uh, we made that clear to uh, Trudeau-appointed senators. We made it clear to the government representative in the Senate. And I think they've come to the realization that we will review this and study this well into the fall. Um, so... Quite honestly, my approach with this is not to um, to try to just rag the puck. It's to, 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 to shed some light on this. And then over the next few months, going into September, October, November, have a thorough review and make sure there's enough attention drawn to this bill uh, across this country. One of the things I will propose to our committee, and hopefully there will be an openness to this, is to have the committee travel across the country and, and sensitize Canadians to how important this is. This is not some kind of innocuous bill in the corner where you can just pass quickly through the parliamentary process and it's business as usual. This can have a terrible impact on the lives of Canadians, particularly young Canadians, a generation of Canadians uh, who are, like I said, taking full advantage of all these platforms that are available to them. And, and are open to competing and putting out for public for international display the Canadian content and talent that this country has. So uh, my objective, and I can assure you, is to go well into the end of this year, study it, shed light on it, and I hope Canadians will all participate uh, in the work that the Senate will be do, that the Senate will do on this bill. Yeah, uh, raising awareness is, is absolutely critical. And um, talking about the user-generated access as well, I mean, uh, aspect to all of this, there's been arguments back and forth as to whether it really applies, but even the commissioner of the CRTC, the current one, admitted that uh, it will capture some user-generated content. So this should absolutely concern anybody who's ever posted anything on the Internet, and the idea that we'd have a regulator overseeing that content is absolutely outrageous. 
So uh, I'm I'm an old guy with uh, who's a, an immigrant to technology, but I can say any time I start hearing about logarithms and how any particular organization will be, you know, uh, screening and monitoring and determining what is what for you and me, I get I get very worried. And you should be. Um, but here's the other thing: the broader issue. I mean, you've got. Um, all sorts of challenges facing Canadians right now, Senator, and you, and you know this. I, we were taking it, uh, talking about affordability, uh, energy prices going through the roof, uh, and, you know, interest rates now going up, uh, inflation eating into people's pocketbooks. And uh, this government preoccupies itself with what? Uh, censoring the Internet uh, and climate change and mandates. I mean, how out of touch are these people? Oh, they're completely out of touch. Uh, we've seen it with mandates. Uh, we uh, we have seen their approach vis-a-vis climate change. Uh, we've seen the biggest failure of all uh, in tackling inflation. For the longest time, they have been refusing that it's a problem. When everybody else can see that it was going to be the existential crisis facing our country over the last two years, uh, they were denying it, claiming that the real issue is stagflation. Uh, They continued to print money uh, like drunken sailors. They went overkill when it came to COVID uh, subsidies. They actually tried to ride this COVID pandemic for political expediency rather than dealing with this crisis for for what it was. And then, of course, they dragged it on because they thought there was political benefit to be had. Um, This government, without a doubt, has proven to be the most incompetent when it comes to managing the fiscal order of the House. Uh, and we have a prime minister who has shown no interest in tackling the real issues. Right now, when a young family, a middle-class family, goes to to their local butchery, they can't even buy a small roast because it's too expensive. Uh, people need to spend $150 to fill up a van, which they need desperately to drive their kids to and from school and, and to take them to soccer practice and, and be able to, to, to provide for their family. I mean... Mr. Trudeau and his government always prided themselves as being the government for the middle class and those aspiring to join. I mean, that's their line they always use. Well, let me tell you, the middle class under Justin Trudeau has been murdered and brutalized, and that's the reality. And those aspiring to join that, they have no hope whatsoever. This country is poorer than it has been in in decades. Absolutely. Last question. Uh, Do you want to weigh in on the state of the party? You've got um, your, your leadership campaign happening and uh, you're, you'll, you're going to be choosing a new leader in September. Uh, there's no telling when an election might happen. I mean, there's talk about 2025, but strange things can happen, as you well know. Uh, any thoughts about that, that situation, the fact that you are going to be renewed with the election of a new leader? Well, it's critical. In order for change to happen, uh, the Conservative Party of Canada has to provide a compelling uh, contrast to Justin Trudeau. And uh, there is nothing more uh, compelling and, and more of a contrast to, to this regime than Pierre Polyev. Uh, he's a principled conservative. He has a track record. Uh, he was an, a member of the Harper government for a decade, uh, been elected now for close to 20 years uh, in, in an Ottawa area riding, uh, has run, in my opinion, a fantastic campaign. And he's shown, besides being a principled conservative, is a great communicator, great debater. Uh, in both official languages in this country. Uh, And he has uh, taken on with success at times in his various capacities in the House of Commons, Mr. Trudeau, 
And I can't wait to see Pierre Polyev over a 40-day campaign on a day-to-day basis holding Trudeau to account. And he's scaring the daylights out of the Liberals. No All doubt right. about it. We'll yeah. No doubt about it. Senator Leo Husakos, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate that. Thank you.